see everybody out again tonight. Let's go ahead and get started. I'm going to sing a few Christmas songs tonight, so just keep your seat, and we'll start off page three, uh, 408 at the bottom. At the bottom. Wrong, wrong song. 408 at the bottom. That's all right. Go ahead. Listen to us. 
Christmas angels a great glad tidings tell. Oh, come to us, abide with us, and Lord Emmanuel. He's 399. Let's all stand on this one, please. Oh, sing. 
at thy prayer. She continues playing. You turn around and tell somebody you love them. And if you have any tithes and offerings, you can bring them at this time. You're glad to be here tonight, say amen. amen. Good to see all of you. We appreciate y'all being here tonight. Let me go over a few things with you about what we've got coming up. And we're not having Sue's Kitchen this Wednesday night, right? No Sue's Kitchen. We will be, huh? Two weeks. Shut down Sue's Kitchen for two weeks, so remember that. We will be having services coming Wednesday night and uh, at 7 o'clock, so you be sure to be here for that. And also this coming Sunday, which is Christmas Day, we will be having morning service only. No Sunday school, no night service, and we'll begin at 1045, so remember these times and these things. Um, the McDuffie family, Brother Jeff, I forgot to mention, and by the way, Brother Jeff, your long-lost son, Daly's made it tonight. Amen. You got Cain behind you and Daly in front of you. Amen. His two boys. <laughs> yeah, just an inside joke with Dr. Jeff. Huh? Yeah, they laughing. They laughing. <laughs> but anyway, uh, for the McDuffie family, we still t doing the box thing or the boxes out there in the hallway. So if you have anything to put in there for the McDuffie family, be sure to put in there. But I wanted to give you an update. Uh, we just mentioned this last Sunday. Last Sunday, we've already taken up $3,620 for them. And Miss Tammy's going to go out this week and be buying stuff for those clothes and maybe a little toy or something for the kids. And we sure do appreciate all that have given toward that effort. That's a, that's a great thing that this church is doing, and I appreciate it. Um, but that's, that's the announcements, and uh, boy, didn't the kids do good this morning. I was so, I was so thankful for to see them, and the, every one of y'all did great, and we appreciate what you did. Mr. Janet, thank you. I wish I'd thought this morning to thank Miss Megan for all her efforts of learning those songs and playing them on the piano, but you pray for Miss Megan. She's not feeling well, and just pray God would touch her. Amen.
looked around the auditorium, you would have known who Mama and Grandmama were. They were the two with the cameras up taking videos of it. Amen. Let's take our Bibles and turn to the Gospel according to Luke chapter number one tonight. Luke chapter one. And uh, we do appreciate all of you being here. And uh, Luke chapter number one. I like that spotlight thing that they had. I'm thinking about letting them just put a spotlight on me during every service. And, uh, <laughs> and somebody left a stool up here. I thought I told them, I said, man, I'll just start sitting on the stool and talking to y'all instead of preaching. A lot of preachers are going that way now. Luke chapter number one tonight. Let's stand to honor the reading of God's word. I want to bring you a, a thought tonight out of this passage on Gabriel's Christmas announcement. Gabriel's Christmas announcement. Let's look in Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse number 26. The Word of God reads like this. It said, And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Behold thy cousin Elizabeth. She hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Let's read that one again. For with God, nothing, nothing. Last time I looked and checked in the original Greek, that word nothing means nothing. Can I get a witness right there? And for with God, nothing shall be impossible. There's two words in that sentence that you need to really emphasize in your life. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. With the White House, there's a lot of impossibilities. With Congress, there's a lot of impossibilities. But with God, nothing, nothing, nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. 
I want to ask Brother Tim Mitchell, if he will, to open us in prayer tonight. Yes. Yes. And all of God's people said, you can be seated. <clears throat> this has been a busy time for the angel Gabriel. When you study Gabriel in the Bible, you'll discover that he's only mentioned four times in the Bible. Twice in the Old Testament, twice in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, he appears to a prophet by the name of Daniel in chapter 8 and chapter 9 of that book. He reveals to Daniel some things that were going to be happening in the days ahead. He was giving, them some, he was giving Daniel some prophetic insight into some things that were going to happen. Uh, what we now know is going to be the great tribulation. What we now know was the first coming of Christ, those things. In one of those passages in the Old Testament when he appeared to Daniel, Gabriel told him that Messiah, the prince, would be cut off. But he said, went on to say, but not for his own self, not for his own self. And which is a reference to Jesus Christ dying on the cross of Calvary, not for his sins, but for our sins. And that was the two appearances in the Old Testament. Now, the New Testament, we've turned the pages into the New Testament. And Gabriel now appears again. He appeared earlier in chapter 1 to a lady or to a man by the name of Zacharias. Zacharias was a priest. He was of the order of Abitha. And, and the Bible goes on to tell us that his lot meaning what he was given to do as a priest of the temple, his lot was to go in and burn incense on the altar of incense within the temple. He went in to burn the incense. The people were gathered outside the temple. No people were allowed inside the temple, only the priests were. And the people were gathered outside and they were praying, but Zacharias went in to burn the incense on that altar of incense. It was a picture of the prayers of the saints of God. And the, he went in and as he was burning the incense, Gabriel appears to Zacharias. He tells him, he says, fear not, Zacharias. He said, thy prayers have been heard. And he goes on to explain to him that even though he and his wife, Elizabeth, were well as the Bible, I like the, I like the way the Bible describes old age, well stricken in years. I can understand that phraseology. I feel well stricken in years at times. 
But it said that they were both well stricken in years and Elizabeth had been barren. They had no children, which evidently had been a, uh, an ongoing grief to Elizabeth and to Zacharias for he had been praying about that very issue. Gabriel told me, he said, fear not for thy prayers have been heard. And he said, about this time of life, your wife is going to bear a son. He's going to bear a son. You're going to name him John. I like that. I love that name. Amen. And uh, he said, he said, he is going to be the one that's going to prepare a people for the way of the Lord. And he was talking about John the Baptist. And so he appears to him. We know that from the reading that uh, uh, Zacharias doubted somewhat and he was stricken, his, his tongue was tied and, and he wasn't able to speak. And when he came, came out, the people realized that, that Zacharias had seen an angel. And uh, they tried to talk to him, but he was now mute. He couldn't say a word. And so he never said anything until the day that his son, John, was born. When that day was, came, the Bible tells us that his tongue was loosed and he was able to tell them what, his, what the name of his son was going to be. He said, his name is going to be called John. And they questioned him said, well, we don't understand that nobody in your family line has that name born to them of the, John. He said, I don't care what you think about it. His name's going to be called John. And they named him John and it became John Baptist. He went out, we know, and prepared the way for Jesus Christ. Now we come to this portion of Luke chapter 1 where Gabriel appears unto Mary. He's got a special announcement that he wants to make to Mary. He's got some things he needs to say to her. And if you will, this is really the very first Christmas announcement. This is the very first time that the message of Christmas is announced to anyone. And it is given to this little virgin girl by the name of Mary. Mary is, uh, I don't know whether she's all alone. I, I would suppose that she was. And there she was in Nazareth. And Here's something that really amazed me about this descending of Gabriel. Gabriel knew exactly where she was. He knew what house she was in. He knew her name. He knew everything about this little girl. He knew that she was a virgin. And he came to her with this announcement from God. God had sent Gabriel to give Mary this announcement. I was thinking about that and I was, I was thinking along these lines that before Gabriel ever showed up in Mary's life, heaven was talking about Mary. Heaven was noised, the noise was going on about Mary up in heaven long before Mary ever knew that she was going to be the chosen one of God. I wonder how many times heaven has talked about any of us. I wonder how many times heaven has uh, uh, had a conversation about our lives, that I'm going to use them for this, I'm going to use them for that. Nevertheless, Gabriel appears to Mary, and he's got some things that he needs to tell her. Uh, Elizabeth, we know, conceived, and we know the story of how once Mary hears this news, Mary goes to visit Elizabeth. 
She goes into Elizabeth's house, and whenever Mary says something, the child that's inside of Elizabeth leaps for joy just at the voice of the one who is carrying Jesus Christ. He's filled with the Holy Ghost from the mother's womb. Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Ghost. And now they abide with each other for several months until the time that Jesus was to be born. Gabriel, this busy angel, had an announcement. He had three things that I want to highlight tonight in this message, this thought. And I want to conclude with those three thoughts at the end of this message. And I want, to, I want us to think about Christmas time, what it's really all about for us. We know that Christmas time is the children portrayed for us. And as I said in my message this morning, that Christmas time is all about Jesus Christ. It's about the Son of God coming and being given to us as God's holy gift to a world that hated Him. As I mentioned this morning, how which one of us in this room would ever conceive of the thought of giving our child to someone as a gift. Nobody, nobody would consider that, but God did. Not only did He give His Son to the world, He gave His Son to His enemies. We were not the friends of God when He sent Jesus. The Bible says when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still lost in trespasses, dead in our trespasses and sins, God sent the greatest gift that could ever be sent, Jesus Christ, His Son. Who would ever conceive such a thing other than God? God, God had a plan before the world ever began. This was plan A all alone. It was not a plan B. It was not something, uh, an extracurricular thing with God. It was God's plan from the very beginning of time to send His Son and give Him to the world. I want to notice some things about this Christmas time announcement. That the first, I want to say number one, that the first move, the first move was of deity. God sent Gabriel to Mary. Mary wasn't looking for an angel. Mary wasn't looking for God. The Bible tells us that Mary was a virgin. We know that. And she was a very uh, moral, righteous person in the eyes of God. But Mary wasn't looking for this angel. But the angel came looking for Mary. And the first move has always, from the very beginning of time, man's history on earth, the first move is always made by God toward us. I mean, it's always been that way. You remember the story of Adam and Eve in the garden. In that garden, Adam and Eve had sinned against God. And God came looking for Adam and Eve. It wasn't Adam and Eve. They were hiding from God. But God came looking for them. I'm so glad that He came looking for me one day. I'm so glad as a lost person when I was the enemy of God. I'm glad that He came to seek and to save my soul. And thank God, He always makes the first move to any of us. That's the way that this thing works. That's Christmas. It's the first move is made by deity. 
Some of y'all may remember in the mid-60s, there, there was a popular TV show uh, entitled Lost in Space. How many of you remember that show? See, y'all just read it out how old you are. That show in the 60s was an adventure show about, about a family, the Robinson family, they were called. And uh, they had gotten lost in space, and this is how they got lost. They were on a mission to go from planet Earth to Alpha Centauri. And when they got to Alpha Centauri, they expected to find life on that planet. And they were going to they were going to populate Alpha Centauri with themselves and, and coexist with the inhabitants of Alpha Centauri. That was their mission. That's what their goal was. That's what they were going to do. But on that flight, when they took off from Earth to Alpha Centauri, there was a, a stowaway on that craft. He was an evil man of a different, uh, different nation. And he sabotaged that flight. And in the sabotaging of that flight, they became lost in space. Hence the title of the show, Lost in Space. And that show was about all their adventures of being lost in space. You remember the robot? Danger, 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 danger. And, uh, and it just went on and on. It was, it was kind of a silly thing, but I enjoyed watching it. <laughs> you know what? That... That may seem silly, but that plot really happened in the Garden of Eden. There was a mission God had created, Adam and Eve. He told them that he wanted them to have dominion over everything he had created, gave them everything they wanted. There was just one stipulation, and there was an evil enemy that entered their garden. And we know that that evil enemy sabotaged that, 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 that mission. And now the rest of the world is our story of God so loving us that he came to seek us. He so loved us, so cared about every one of us. Every one of us were sinners in the eyes of God. How many of you in here are saved? Say amen. He was interested in you before you ever got saved. And God came looking for you. This is Gabriel's announcement. Deity made the first move toward man. The Bible tells us that God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, it says, For you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. We could not seek God on our own. We didn't have the will to seek God on our own. It was God seeking us is the reason that we're saved tonight. And that's the real Christmas story of how you and I got saved. It was God seeking me and you. Oh, we ought to, we ought to just thank him tonight for coming to where we were. We couldn't get to him so he came to where we were, came into our world as a little baby, and he died for our sins. Oh, what a Savior. No wonder they've written songs down through the years. Oh, what a Savior. And all the songs that deify and edify the name of Jesus Christ, he's worthy to be praised by every one of us who are saved. The first move was of deity. But I want you to notice, secondly, the first message was diverse. Uh, 
I'm going to send them my son. That's, that was the message. The son's coming. If our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would send us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was and still is today forgiveness. So God sent us a Savior. He sent us a Savior who could die for our sins that we might be, thank God, forgiven forgiven by the mercies of God, forgiven by the grace of God, not because we've done anything right, we did everything wrong, yet he forgave us of it all through Jesus Christ, our Savior. He was and he is still today great. That's what, that's what Gabriel said. He shall be great. He is great. Can I get anybody in here to testify tonight that God, Jesus Christ, is great? He's great. He's great. He's great in my life. He's great in my family. He's great in this church. He is a great God tonight. He's great to us all. The Bible says in Isaiah 9, says, For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Listen to it. And the government, this has never happened yet, but it's going to happen one day shortly. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth forever and ever and ever. You know, every one of us have experienced this in our lives since we've uh, been living in America. We've seen presidents come. We've seen them go. And we've also seen this. We've seen presidents that we liked and presidents that we didn't like. But there's coming a day that Jesus Christ is going to sit on the throne of this earth. He's going to literally, physically, visibly rule this world from Jerusalem. I cannot wait to the one who rightfully uh, deserves to rule and reign. They looked through heaven and said, who is worthy? No man was found worthy, but they found Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, the Lion of the tribe of Judah. And he is the only one worthy to sit on that throne. And thank God one day we're going to see it, brethren, just as we're sitting in this room. We may not like the president up there right now. You may like him. I don't know. I, I need to have a long talk with you right after service if you do. <laughs> I don't want to get I, Lord don't make me go there please but I can't wait to see Jesus rolling and reigning this earth and I want to tell you something they think there's some that think Trump was rough you wait to Jesus Christ that's on his throne says he's going to rule it with a rod of iron said it's going to be right it's going to be judged right. There's not going to be any payoffs up under the table. Not going to be any funneling of money through this and that. No corruption. It's going to be done right. And thank God our Savior Jesus Christ is going to be said. He's going to, he is great. He is great. He's great in his character. 
He's the sinless Son of God. No other man like Jesus. Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Nicodemus said, No man can do these miracles except God be with him. Pilate said, I find no fault in him. Judas said, I betrayed the innocent blood. And God the Father said about him, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. That's his character. He's great in character. He's great in compassion. Oh, my word. Great in compassion. Every need that anybody had while he was here for three and a half years of his ministry, he met every need. Didn't matter whether it was physical or material or what it was. He healed the, he healed the sick. He raised the dead. He healed blinded eyes, deaf ears, blood. Muted tongues. He healed every person that had any. He was great in compassion. And I've got to raise my hand to him tonight. And say that he's been great in compassion toward me. Thank God he's been compassionate toward this man. Every day of my life. I've lived under the banner of love and compassion. From my Savior. And thank God he is great in his compassion. Not only that. He's great in his comprehension. He knows. He knows what you're going through tonight. He knows exactly. You may be sitting here tonight and thinking, you know, maybe this service will get over in about 15 minutes. But Jesus knows what you need more than you do. He knows. He comprehends your life. He knows, he knows the depths of your life. There's not one thing about your life that he does not understand. He knows what you're thinking right now. He knows what you've been through this day. He knows why you are, why you are like you are. He knows everything about all of us. And he understands our lives. He came to this world for the mess-ups, for the goof-ups, for those that have messed up their lives. I'm thankful that even though I was a sinner in, in great need of a Savior, He understood what I needed and came to me and met that need in my life. And He is great. Not only is He great, He's God. He's God manifest in the flesh. I love knowing that and believing that. I have no problem believing that Jesus Christ is, was, always shall be God Almighty. When we read in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and that we're reading about Jesus Christ. For He made all things visible, invisible. It doesn't matter what it is. Jesus Christ is the creator of all. And thank God to know that He was and is still God. Charles Spurgeon said it this way. This is deep. This is very deep. He said, He who never began to be but eternally existed, began to be what he eternally was not, and continued to be what he eternally was. He was God. He was man. He was always God. He never had been man. And he put the two together. And now he's eternally what he always was. God. God. He's still God. Thank God for that tonight. He was and he is going to be the governor of this land. To think about it, that one day Jesus Christ is coming back. Do you know this? That Christmas time, I bumped into a man one time one year during Christmas. And I asked him this. I was asking people this question that year. I said, you ready for Christmas? Are you ready for Christmas? I had one man look at me. He said, 
He said, yes, but I'll be so glad when Christmas time is over. He said, I've spent too, way too much money. I've spent too much time on buying all that I've bought. I'll be glad when Christmas time is over. I was reading this text, and God showed me that Christmas time won't never be over because the Christmas message is about him coming back to this earth and ruling and reigning. And we'll celebrate Christmas for 1,000 years with Jesus Christ on this earth. The first move was of deity. The first, the first miracle or the first, uh, uh, let me go back to my, the first message was diverse. But I want to say this, that the first miracle was distinct. Think about it. He said that the Holy Ghost was going to overshadow Mary. I don't understand that. Ray Anderson sitting back there on that back row, if we could just get them to move up about 29 seats, we'd be doing good. But Ray Anderson understands electricity. He knows Brother Ron understands electricity. I can look at it, and it shocks me just to look at it. About like me looking at food, I can look at food and gain weight. I can smell food and gain weight. But Ray Anderson, Ron Bagley, they understand. I don't understand a lick of it. I just understand enough to stay away from it. Even though I don't understand it, I'm not going to stay away. I'm not going to sit in the dark till I do. I don't understand an internal combustion engine. Old Stanley Jackson can take one apart, put it back together. Tim Mitchell understands. Some of you in here are mechanics beyond belief. And y'all understand internal combustion engineering and motors and things like that. I don't. I look at one. I say, there's the problem. It's got a motor in it. That's the problem. That's, that's my diagnosis for it all. But I'm not going to walk to church until I do understand it. I'm going to drive a car. And a lot of people say, I just can't understand God. Who in this room understands God? God. And who can understand that this God overshadowed a virgin girl? And it said, the power of the highest shall come upon thee when he overshadows thee. I looked up, I studied that word best I could to try to, try to comprehend somewhat what the scriptures were telling us. And that, that word overshadow means to cast, to cast a shadow upon. In other words, there was Mary. All of a sudden, a shadow came over her. She realized there was something going on. And the power of the highest. I read in my Bible where God, this, this amazes me about God. God spoke the, the heavens and the stars and the sun and the moon. Spoke it everything into existence. Spoke the trees, spoke the fish, spoke the birds, spoke everything into existence. Then he came to man and he reached down, stooped down and reached down into the dust of the ground, picked up some dust and formed it and made a man. He went further. He stooped even further down and he bent down and breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life. And man, that pile of dust became a living soul. My, 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 what a, what a God, what a God we have. Then I read that that same God 
put that same man to sleep, reached inside of that man and pulled out a rib and took that rib and created a woman. Little boy had been going to Sunday school. He'd come home one day. He said, Mom, I think I'm having a wife. She said, Why? He said, My side hurts. My side hurts. How that God can form man. He can speak and it's done. He can reach into dust and form. He can reach inside a man and pull a rib out and steal in his creative geniusness. Create a woman. But now we read that the, the Holy Ghost overshadowed a virgin girl. And she became pregnant with Jesus Christ. My, 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 my. What a God we have tonight. You see, this was a miracle. This is nothing. We, we've heard it. We've heard it uh, all our Christian life, all our lives. Some of you sitting here, been in church nine months before you ever actually physically went inside our church. And we've heard it all our lives, but it should still amaze us of this miracle of the birth of Jesus Christ. How can this thing be? Mary said. How? I don't even know a man. And then God said this. For with God all things, nothing shall be impossible. I, did, I never read the article, but I saw it two or three times this week. I, I go into my, my study and I, I'll pull up the internet when I do. And there'll be some news articles come up from some of my, my selected um, news agencies that I want to read. And, and uh, there, was one, there was one article that kept coming up and I just did not have time to, to read it and to go into the depths of it. But it was Christian unbelief was the title of the article, Christian Unbelief, How Deep Is It? And I wish I'd been able to read the article, but like I said, I just didn't have the time this past week. But you know, that's what I struggle with in my life, is my unbelief. I can believe, you know, certain things about God. I believe, yes, he, He's able to do anything. He can do everything. He can do anything He desires to do. But I have that little ray of doubt. Will he do it for me? Will he do it for me? I was telling Debbie earlier this, this past week. Um, I, I needed to do some things around the house. And my mother needed to go to a doctor. And she, you remember she broke her wrist. And so... We needed to get her to a return visit with her doctor. And Debbie knew that I had some things that I was needing to get done, wanting to get done. We about to, this next week's going to be family and fun and friends. And uh, got a family coming in Tuesday. They'll leave Friday right behind that. The boys will be in. And we're just getting ready just to be able to sit back and enjoy family. And... Uh, so she knew that I had some things I wanted. And she told me, she said, John, I'll carry your mom to uh, the doctor. You go ahead and do what you need to do. And so, you know, that's what we did. And Deb took off with mama. And 
I walked upstairs, and when I got upstairs, I went up there, and, and about the time I sat down, I've got this issue. I may not have it anymore, but I've got this issue with my neck right here on this side. And I don't know what it is, but every once in a while, it'll just get to raging, and it's like a super pinched nerve in my neck. And it go up from my shoulder up my neck on the right side and, and just like it flowered, blooms out in my head. And my head, absolutely just excruciating pain. And uh, I, when I get like that, honestly, I can't read. I can't focus. I'm dizzy. And I, I, just, have to, I just have to bear it out at times. Well, I was sitting there, and I, when I went upstairs, Debbie was gone, and I was going to try to get that work done. And I, uh, that happened as I was sitting there in, in front of my, my computer at my desk. That happened, and it was just excruciating, and I got so dizzy. And uh, I was thinking, oh, man, I'm not going to be able to do what I was wanting to do. Debbie's going to get back. I ain't going to have nothing done. And that's going to upset her because she took time off to carry mama, you know, and all like that. And this is what it did. I ain't, I'm not jesting or anything. I laid my hand back here on my head, on my neck, and I prayed for myself. I said, dear God, please. I've got so much in front of me. Lord, I need your touch. I need your touch. And I prayed for that little while, and then I took my hand off my neck, and I sat there, and nothing, nothing. It was still just raging. I, I got up out of my seat, and I had to hold on to my desk and go down the flight of stairs, and I walked into the kitchen. And I was telling Debbie about this today, the first time I told her about it, and I think this was third Tuesday of last week that this happened. And I was standing in our kitchen, and I was just standing there, and I had my hands on the end of our counter, and I was standing there, and I was so dizzy, and I was thinking, Lord, please. And I did not say this, but this is what I thought. This is what I thought. I said, Lord, can you understand why people don't believe in you? You tell us to pray, and we pray, and nothing happens. I said, can you understand? And I wasn't saying it being mean or anything like that. I was just, it was my honest thoughts. And I believe that God wants us to be honest with him, and I was just honest with him in my thoughts. I said, can you understand? What? I said, we do what you tell us to do, and nothing. And I was standing there, and the pain left. I went outside, I thanked him, and I praised him, and I, I shouted a little bit. I went outside, did my work on my ladder like I'd never had that issue that day, up and down the ladder doing what I needed to do around the house. And I wanna, I'm saying all that to say this, God can still do the impossible. He came to Mary in her impossibility. It was impossible for her to have a child. Impossible for her to bear a son into this world because she never knew a man. 
And God said, with God, nothing shall be impossible. What is Christmas, the real Christmas to you and I tonight? Well, I want to say this. It's the first move is God's made his move tonight. He's made his move in this service for us all tonight. He's interested in us because he's here. He's here. He's with us now. He made the first move. And he's given us a message. And he's promised us a miracle. I don't know where you're at tonight in your Christian walk. I don't know where you're at with your your standing with the Lord. But I want to ask you something tonight. Do you, do you need God to do something especially for you? Is there something, something that almost seems like it would take a miracle for it to happen in your life? It may be involve your family, may involve your, your children, may involve your spouse, may involve your friends, it may involve your finances, it may involve any any gamut of subjects, our God can handle every one of them. I wish I could get an amen right there. Sis, you come to the piano. Won't you just play Amazing Grace would be fine for tonight, Sister Julie. You need God to do you a Christmas miracle. He's still in the